The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Boy, did I love the movie Unbroken. Hi there, it's Doc Thompson. There's a new movie in theaters September 14th called Unbroken Path to Redemption. It's the rest of the true story of Louis Zamperini, an Olympic runner and later prisoner of war hero in World War II. It's his life after war. It compassionately shows how he worked through his demons and his anger, and more importantly, found peace with God. Unbroken Path to Redemption is especially timely and is in theaters September 14th. Check out unbrokenfilm.com, unbrokenfilm.com. Jeremy Dye is joining us now for FirstLiberty.org. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Good to see you guys again. Good to see you, sir. So you got an update on the uh, Chaplain Squires case for us? Absolutely do. And we got good news is that, uh, like we do a lot, we won this case and uh, resolved this matter. But let's go back and review what this case is all about. This was Chaplain Scott Squires as a chaplain. uh, First served as a soldier in the Army and then switched over to being a chaplain endorsed by the Southern Baptist Convention, serving at Fort Bragg in North Carolina. Uh, and there he's been serving just fine as uh, with, with distinction as a chaplain there at Fort Bragg. Uh, and he leads these things called Strong Bonds Marriage Retreats. This is something that the Army puts on. It's a small group of soldiers and their spouses that get together, go on a retreat, and talk about marriage, all these things that go on with it all. Well, Chaplain Squires is prohibited from leading those types of retreats if a same-sex couple is provided uh, or is a part of that. Uh, and, and that's fine. The Army's got rules for this, and the the, uh, the Southern Baptist Convention has rules for this, uh, and Chaplain Squires has to follow both of those sets of rules. And so he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Within three business days, he goes to the couple and says, man, I am really sorry about this, but I can't leave this retreat. I'm going to put you in the other retreat over here. You're going to be just fine. Go ahead and go with that one. Everything's going to be hunky-dory. We'll be great. You can still go. You can, I'm sorry, and you can still go to the retreat. Still go to the retreat. Same retreat. The, same retreat, just a different leader with it all, with someone who's not bound by the rules. He would just rules. not be officiating or leading. Exactly. Okay. He would not be the one that would have to officiate the whole thing. And so, and again, this is something that the, the Southern Baptist Convention has rules on that he has to follow or else he's not a chaplain. And the Army has provisions for this, and he's got to follow those rules or else he's got to trouble with the Army. And this was extracurricular. This wasn't part of their official duties as I mean, a soldier, right? This is right? part of a, a duty. I mean, the chaplains lead no, no, no. Things. I mean, the, the, oh, the, for the, the soldiers themselves. For the soldiers. They didn't have to attend this. This is no. not mandated. It was something they no, volunteered. This, this is a great service to our, to our soldiers. They get to do these things, <clears throat> nice of course. Thing, right. And there's all kinds of chaplains that can lead these things. It's not just Scott Squires. But, well, anyway, he follows the rules of the Army. He follows the rules of his endorsing agency. And for following the rules, he's brought up on charges of discrimination. And not only is he brought up on charges of discrimination, but the chaplain's <laughs> assistant, the staff sergeant, whose job it is basically to take the application, hand it to the chaplain and say, thanks for coming, and he'll be in touch with you. She's brought up on charges of discrimination as well. <laughs> uh, and, and so we kind of raised a stink about this back in April. And the, the general down there, Major Kurt Sontag, Major General Kurt Sontag, uh, he orders the investigation to be done all over again. And that takes several months. And in that meantime, the staff sergeant, who is a, this up-and-coming African-American female, a fantastic young lady, she's part of this Green to Gold program. Is going to go through college on an ROTC full-ride scholarship and come back as an, a, a commissioned officer. Well, th- because that investigation was still pending that General Sontag ordered, she can't go to that. Uh, wow. She can't go to that. Uh, that green to gold program. She loses her spot in this very competitive, very prestigious program. Loses a full ride scholarship, and it, and it all because all she did was say thank you very much for applying. The chaplain want to talk to you. That was the extent of her entire involvement. Unbelievable. And for that, she's charged with discrimination. But go back to the chaplain, who's also been charged with discrimination under the first complaint. Uh, they redo the second investigation, and they come out not just saying, "Hey, look, you're engaged in discrimination," but you've you've been derelict in your. Duty 
duty. Wow. So he's charged with dereliction of duty. Now oh, keep that's in mind, big. Exactly. This, this is something. Huge. In order to be dereliction of duty, you got to you know have a duty to do these things. Yes. <laughs> but he he's followed the rules of the yes. army. So how can you be derelict in your duty if you're actually following the rules of the yes. army? Uh, and, and so uh, my colleague, Mike Berry, who's a Marine Reserve uh, officer as well, still today, uh, you, you really don't want to mess with the mar- Marine JAG. This <laughs> yeah. is just a bad idea in a lot of different directions. Uh, we set Mike, Mike on this whole thing. And, and thankfully, uh, just two weeks ago, we got news from the Army that General Sontag has finally cleared uh, Chaplain Squires of dereliction of duty. A charge, by the way, that would have put him in court-martial and potentially military prison wow. if he was guilty of it all. So we are thrilled. Not only has Chaplain Squires been cleared entirely of his charges, uh, he is now no longer derelict in his duty. He Good. is... Licked in his duty. What's the what's the opposite of derelict in your duty? Uh, so he, he's a good one. He, he's uh, he's back to, to service there, and so is Cha- and so is Sergeant Squ- uh, Sergeant uh, Griffin, the the staff yeah. sergeant that helped him out. So nice. both of them are cleared. They're good to go. I hope that Sergeant Griffin can get back into that. Green I was going to ask, do we know if she will be able to, to reapply? Because I remember once you get flag on your file, it's kind of very difficult to go back and do the whole process again, and yeah. especially. Uh, Green to gold program, right? Right. Those are very like very you selective. Missed, uh, maybe. Yeah, it's it's highly selective and very competitive. Probably won't be able to get back. And boy, I hope something somebody yes. high up in the Pentagon says no. This young lady deserves to go where she's she's going. That's my fear on that one because it, it, those programs are very strict. But at the, at the very least, again, there are both charges of discrimination and mm-hmm. dereliction of duty. At least that's, yeah. You know, at least they're not going to go to Leavenworth for, for, you know, doing what they were supposed to do. So, again, it's remarkable that we've gotten to the point now where even when chaplains and people of faith in the military, when they follow the rules of their endorsing agency, they follow the rules of the Army, that they're charged not just with discrimination, but uh, dereliction of duty. What, what I think made the final, kind of the final straw that broke the camel's back, put General Sontag in a bad spot, was that Major Ford, the, the inspector, the, the uh, investigator in this case, he gave this whole long report. But in the report, he left out some very, very key information. Mm. And, and thankfully, there was more, uh, there, there was the transcripts of the interviews that he conducted as well. And he talked to the chaplain that ultimately replaced his, Scott Squires on the uh, on the retreat, as well as his commanding officer. Mm. And the quotes that he failed to include in his final report completely exonerated Chaplain Squires. Wow. Oh, wow. And so it, it's very concerning to us that we would have two separate investigations. And only after we receive the final transcripts do we realize he's been completely exonerated. Yeah. And the the investigator who's tasked with providing reports to the major general is leaving out key ex- exculpatory information wow. that would clear them all. That is very concerning to us, that and is. we're still looking into that aspect of this story as well. You know, there's an angle of this that I hadn't thought when we've talked about a lot of these, where somebody is accused of something that is this obviously, I mean, then wrong, that it's got to be personal to them, aside from, you know, what may happen to you if you're court-martialed and everything else, but knowing... You didn't do anything wrong. And the the idea in this case is that you have um, not only done something wrong, but you've been mean to somebody, that you've been hateful, that you're truly targeting people or discriminating. And that's not what he was doing. In other words, if you're if you're labeled like he was, you know, you're being discriminatory. It's believed by many that you simply hate those people and you have these political beliefs and all of this. And it's not. This goes to his faith. Well, it, there, there's a couple things that play at that, of course, and you hit a lot of them. But one is he followed the rules. Yeah. What are you supposed to do if you're following the rules and you're still being charged with dereliction of duty? 
you're stuck. You know, you're, you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't in that case. You, you have to follow the rules of your agency, your sending agency, or else you're not a chaplain. You had to follow the rules of the Army or else you have problems there, right? He did both, and he's still in trouble. But yet, on top of that, I think the, the, the duty element is, is very key here as well. Uh, soldiers follow orders. You know, there was something about that in a movie one time. Right. If you don't do that, people die, right? right. <laughs> Colonel yeah. Jessup told us all about that and a few good men. Uh, and that's exactly what he did. And yet he's, uh, he, he has the sense of duty to be able to, to follow that sense of duty, to do what a soldier is supposed to do, and also to care for his flock, if you will, within uh, his ambit of the United States Army. Uh, and so to be told that even though you followed the rules, you've cared well for the soldiers under your command, and you're still derelict in those duties, and not just guilty of discrimination. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing, and we understand that that's uh, that's difficult to be charged with any kind right. of discrimination. But to say now that you have been derelict, you've you've failed to follow the duties that you're required to as a soldier and a chaplain, uh, and for that you're going to have to go up on court martial charges and uh, possibly face time in a military prison for doing what you were supposed to do. I cannot imagine how Chaplain Squires has felt through all this, and certainly Sergeant yep. Griffin, for simply taking information <laughs> and She's handing it off. removed from this. Oh, it's remarkable. That's what you just, you, you, you sit at home alone and you throw your hands up and you're like, what? Yeah. What and, and, was I supposed to? And what's to? really concerning then is that then we look at the investigation and realize that there's an investigator here that is using lines that sound a whole lot like some things we find on very progressive websites, right. almost word for word in his investigation. What's that all about? And then we see finally his, his, uh, his, his the transcripts of his interviews, and he's not including in the report that's got to go to the general, the guy who makes the decision as to whether or not this guy is going to be derelict of duty or not. Uh, he's leaving out very key information. Why is that guy yeah. leaving, leaving out very key information and, here? And if that was done intentional for some sort of agenda, and we don't know that, but if it was... Um, that's pretty awful because what you're doing is you're ruining some lives here for this, this agenda of yours, the investigator and everybody around this knows in their heart of hearts that this was wrong. Everybody knows that targeting him and then the, um, the assistant, the the sergeant, sergeant, that that was wrong. They didn't do anything inappropriate. They acted as they should have. They did their job. Everything's fine. But what he's saying, if there is an agenda is, I'm willing to see them suffer because I want to push this issue. Yeah. That's that's horrible. It, there's only two options. Either he did it intentionally or he was, I mean, in, in, incandescently negligent. <laughs> right. right? How mean, do you, it, it, there's only those two options. How do you things. screw it up that bad, right? Is exactly. That, yeah. But now, thankfully, and let's drive home the final point of this whole thing. This is, has a really good outcome. Right. Chaplain Squires has been cleared of all of those charges. So has Sergeant forward, Griffin. Good. They can move forward. Uh, and this is one more win that First Liberty has under our belt. And thankfully, we didn't have to file a lawsuit in this one. We were defending nice. him this whole thing. Uh, and, you know, with the very key point here, too, I mean, you guys have been very helpful in this case. Uh, you've you've told this story multiple times here. People have gone to FirstLiberty.org. Good. They've signed the petitions. Good. And I'm telling you what, I can't go into all the details, but I know from the very inside sources here that the calls, the petitions, the people Good. that have listened to this show and others that have gone and, and, and spoken basically to the Pentagon – Let's just say it made a big difference to those <laughs> yeah, who are listening. Good. Good. That's what we like to hear. That's it. <laughs> when people know this, they said there's there's a lot of uh, reasonable people that just happen to even be liberal that would have different views on a lot of stuff that many of these cases, they know it's wrong. They know yeah. that. And, and, and that's the challenge here, to stand sometimes with people that yeah. you don't agree with on yep. stuff because you know something like this is wrong. Right. You brought up an interesting point. You said you guys didn't follow any suit or anything like that. How often does that work for you guys where you just write that nice long letters and says, hey, 
Either you listen to us or we're going to do something. <laughs> so how often does that? I wish it happened more often than it did. But, you know, look, it, there's a kind of a misconception out there that all the big cases happen at the Supreme Court. The reality is that most of your civil rights are being meted out. They're being solved or resolved or not resolved uh, before they even get to court or sometimes just at the district court level. So, you know, it, it happens a lot. Thankfully, if we're able to resolve it at that letter level, we don't have to. We, we can go on and help somebody else. So we can do a lot more things because, you know, Joe Kennedy, we've talked about his case. That's a six-year-old case at this point. We've been wow. taking six years to go through the court system to get to the point of the Supreme Court of the United States now, and we're not even sure that will finally resolve the whole matter. So, uh, look, bottom line, uh, when we get involved, we, we we have a 90% win rate. We go out there, we win these cases nine out of ten times, like that's, Chaplin Squires awesome. here. Uh, we're able to do that because we got good people like you guys and others that are listening to this show right now that go to firstliberty.org. They sign the petitions. I'm telling you guys, folks that are listening – when you go to firstliberty.org, when you sign that petition up there, people see that. People hear that. They understand what's going on with all those things. And they know, that you can know, you can have confidence that when you sign a petition, it's going to make a big difference later in life. Yeah, go to firstliberty.org if you would support them, sign the petitions. And um, obviously, if you can donate, that's always a help too. It's firstliberty.org. Jeremy, thanks for all the work you do and thanks for coming in, buddy. Man, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Firstliberty.org. Hey, it's Doc Thompson. If you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. If you hear yourself saying, feels pretty good to see somebody rub their nose in it, you may be addicted to outrage. We've expressed our outrage at everyone and everything that is different. Every thumbs up is like a dopamine surge and every retweet is a serotonin hit. In my new book, Addicted to Outrage, we bring clarity to this addiction. If enough of us can just drop our anger and outrage, we might just stand a chance to heal ourselves. Addicted to Outrage by Glenn Beck. Pre-order now at glennbeck.com slash addicted to outrage. Knowledge is power. Tweet at us with the hashtag what I learned today. This is the Morning Blaze with Doc Thompson on the Blaze Radio Network.